Welcome to the Plug Podcast by Bevibe. I'm your host, Luna Matadas. I'm a sex and pleasure educator, and it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood to learn about tips for bottoming. This episode explores bottom myths and facts, communication tips for bottoms, what bottoms wish tops knew, and so much more. The Plug is brought to you by Bevibe. Bevibe is an award-winning sex toy company that is bringing you all kinds of booty pleasure from their high-end and innovative butt sex toys. Bevibe is committed to sex education that is inclusive and pleasure focused. So why have an episode dedicated just to bottoming? Well, we've had an episode about preparation, about pain, hygiene, which are things that both bottoms and tops might be concerned with. This episode focuses on how bottoms have sex and what bottoms might normalize as part of social norms, sexual norms, or even subculture norms like queer culture or gay culture. So we are getting into this and much more with the incredible Bobby Box. Bobby Box is a journalist, certified sex educator, and co-host of the Bad in Bed podcast. He is the sex columnist at Grinder, and is a regular contributor at Logo TV and The Body. Bobby has also worked as contributing editor at Playboy and would later contribute as a Playboy advisor. His work on sex and dating has also been published in Elle, Ask Men, The Daily Beast, Toronto Star, and he posts weekly educational posts on gay sex, butt stuff, and the occasional thirst trap on Instagram. So we will leave all of Bobby's contacts for you in the show notes. But let's get into our best bottoming tips with Bobby Box. Okay. Um, Bobby Box, I am so excited to have you here. I, I've been following you on Instagram and I just love the way that you educate and you give such a, an amazing kind of um, style of education that's so relatable. It's so practical. And I learned so much from it. And I thought I was like booty wisdom, like encyclopedia, like, you know, like bootypedia, but like, your stuff is so amazing. So I'd, I'd love to hear how you kind of got into this work in, in doing sex ed. That's a, well, first off, thank you so much. That is like the nicest thing. I, I've looked up to you ever since I decided to become a sex educator. So to hear that from you is very affirming, you know, it's like, oh, I have my space here too. So that's yes, nice absolutely. to hear. Yeah. And so my journey is a long one to get here. So I really, it all started, I went to school for writing, well, advertising writing. So I was a copywriter and then, um, as I did that, I was like, writing a headline is kind of boring to me. So I was like, I was starting to write for magazines and kind of seeing how I got in there. And then sex became my niche in there because I got a job as a uh, sex columnist for this little Canadian website. And then once I kind of started doing that, I went, that kind of took off and I got a job with Playboy, w which was kind of like my big, like my moment, you know, to kind of yeah. do the next thing. So I really got to teach there, but I never had my sex ed certification. So okay. I was like, that's something I would like to do so that I could be my own expert instead of having to always reach out to others and whatnot. So I did that actually during COVID. Ooh, and um, yeah, you know, let's use your time wisely. And it's truly been, it was the best decision I could have ever made because, you know, journalism's, it's a tough job. You know, there's not a whole ton of money in it and, you know, newspapers and publications are, you know, closing left and right. So it was kind of my way to take my career to the next level. And, you know, coming out kind of made me, I came out halfway through my career at Playboy, actually. Either he was, okay. my editor was the first person I came out to. And he took me to my first gay bar. He flew me out. Yeah, it was really beautiful. It was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, I felt like when I came out, there wasn't really much gay sex education. And I was like, I was learning from word of mouth from friends. And I was like, there's not, this isn't the best information because I've been making mistakes. You know what I mean? Like I've been following your rules and things haven't been going well for me. So I really wanted to kind of be that voice that I wish I had when I came out mm. because I did come out later in life and uh, I was 27 and, you know, I was kind of just out there nervous, scared. And I was, I made a whole lot of mistakes and we'll probably cover some of those during this chat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We want to hear all the mistakes for oh, sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing the that personal and professional story because and it's it's so cool that your background was in advertising. This makes a lot of sense to me now mm. because I 
my background's also in in like communications, health communications, and PR, and uh, to understand how the audience is going to receive information. It involves this uh, understanding, this extension of knowledge in how they receive it, but also what's relevant for them. You know, what vessel are they going to respond to? What's their emotional connection to this information? And when I was teaching, when I started teaching sex ed, it was all just, I was talking about condom slugs, blue in the face. Like it was very much a public health sex ed kind of approach. And, you know, people want to know about pleasure. And so I'm really glad that we're going to have this conversation about uh, bottoming, but also the culture around bottoming, around receiving. What does that mean? What are the stereotypes? You know, what does it, it look like? Mm-hmm. And for you, when you when you first came out, was there was there a connection to gay culture or was there something that, that you wanted to to participate in? Like, how did you see your sexuality fitting in with other parts of, of your identity in, in coming out? So when I first came out, I did what a lot of people do when they come out. It's just kind of like you almost come out halfway. Well, you know what? I still identify as fluid, sexually fluid, but I did come out as bisexual when I first came out. And I found that that in itself had a lot of stigma, obviously, with, um, you know, it's like I remember one of my closest friends who was gay was like, oh, yeah, everyone does that when they come out. You know, you're just you're bisexual. You know, I did the same thing. You'll be gay soon enough. You know, and like while I do primarily sleep with men, you know, probably 80, 20, 90, 10 ratio, I still do find women and other genders sexually attractive. So it's like yeah. I don't feel comfortable saying gay. I feel comfortable saying queer. But like that bisexuality also just saying I was bisexual, people assumed that I was a top. Because it's like, well, he sleeps with women as well, so he's a top. It's like, you couldn't possibly have different tastes, you know? Like, it's always such a binary with things. And I mean, that is still very much the case in uh, queer culture as well. Yeah, yeah. I love that you say that, because I, I think I'm very similar in that uh, my <clears throat> pansexuality or bisexuality, it's, mm-hmm. it's really best summarized with queerness. And, and not, and part of it was because I wasn't very connected to what gay culture looked like, especially for, for queer women. And, and also I think just like the intersectionality of it, I think it it felt a lot of gay spaces felt very white, um, also felt, I don't know, I just, I wasn't connecting in. And so it makes, it makes more of a... a community dynamism to be able to be like, oh yeah, I see myself in that community, but also this represents me. And also this is, is part of how I express myself. And you seem to be doing that even in your education. I think it, it comes across as very inclusive, very much about take this information and interpret it in the best ways that are going to support the way that you want to have sex, the way that you want to have um, booty play or, or whatever you decide to pursue. And and this stereotype around um, topping and being bisexual, are there other stereotypes that, that you found as you were learning more about community? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's honestly... Um... I love on I will say being queer is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I, I honestly believe that, you know, most of my life up to this point, it was the thing I hated the most about myself. But then once I acknowledged it and came out of the closet, now I'm like, Oh God, imagine being straight. Like, do you know what I mean? It's truly how I feel. But that, that said, there are definitely still um, some stereotypes in the community, particularly towards bottoms. Like bottoms tend to get called effeminate. And they're told they're the woman in the relationship. And uh, they're, you know, even submissive. Like, it's like, oh, you're a bottom, so you're submissive. But there are plenty of bottoms out there who are dominant and take charge. And we call those power bottoms. And, you know, they've got their play. It's just, it's sad that, you know, a word conjures up so many stereotypes. Because at least within the community, we should know better. Because we've had sex with all types. I've had sex with femme tops, mask tops you know, non-binary, it's just, it's all over. Like it's, I just don't get how our community, we know that that's the way it is, but we still kind of perpetuate these things, even within media. Like, you know, if you watch a porn, you'll usually see like gay porn, you'll see the mask Dom daddy being the top. And then the twink is the bottom, you know? So it's just, I would like to see a little more uh, variety there. And I think with like OnlyFans and stuff, you do get to see that, but in mainstream porn, it's more like, you know, that's probably what sells. That's the fantasy, right? You want this big daddy type to top you and you want to watch them get dominated by like, you know, a smaller framed, you know, bottom. So I understand the reason for it. I just wish we saw a little bit more diversity in that regard. 
Yeah, yeah, just yeah. more more diversity, more combinations, like because it's really infinite. Yeah, and and we sort of borrowed this heteronormativity from um, heterosexual culture in assuming that like feminine means receiver, feminine means submissive, like, mm-hmm. and then the, the toxic masculinity comes in with like, well, the worst thing that you can be is feminine, you know, that says something about like your power. Mm-hmm. And so how, how can these labels or maybe not even labels, but somebody who chooses to embody an identity like a power bottom. So it, can it be affirming as well as, you know, we're talking some, sort of about the negative side of it, but can yeah. it be affirming for their sexuality? Yeah. So I have actually found that the term power bottom is kind of, the way bottoms reclaim their power, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, they, uh, because it's kind of like, it's like, no, I'm not just like taking your dick. I'm dominating your dick. Like I am, I'm going to destroy your dick. Not literally, but like, you know, you're not going to know what to do because I'm fucking you, you know, like you're right. not fucking me. I'm fucking you. And it's more like, I've also, I wrote a paper, well, not a paper, but an article on the topic. And a lot of people like to use power bottom not only as a way of like reclaiming their power, but to stand out amongst the pack because there's this idea that there are way more bottoms than tops in the world. So um, that's not to say you're a power bottom means you're like quote unquote better than the others or more talented. So that's a less positive spin on it, but it's um, it's definitely there because, you know, you open a grinder grid or a scruff grid and all you see are, you know, like if there's all these bottoms on there, it's like, well, how do I stand up and above the rest? Oh, you know, oh, it's like a me. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I, I, why do you think there's this assumption that there's more bottoms than, than tops? So I've also written about this and there's, yeah. there's a few theories. So there's, um, there's one, the one that I find most prevalent is that uh, bottoms are perhaps more outspoken than tops okay. about their sexuality and everything. Where like, uh, there's a lot of reasons people don't top. And I think there's a lot of reasons that people aren't proud to speak of. Like, I think sometimes um, erectile difficulty is an issue. You know, they want to top, but they're like, you know, I'm embarrassed. So I'll just bottom because I don't have to worry about my penis working or anything like that. Or there's, you know, there's size you know, people might be insecure about their size because, you know, we're very size obsessed in the gay community and the straight community, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Um, but I think also that a lot of us are bottoms because, so there's also this idea that um, it's very prevalent that people who are versatile are assumed to be bottoms. It's like, you're not versatile, you're just a bottom, but you want to sound more appealing to audiences by being like, well, I do both. So like you might get that from me. So it's um, it's also just that assumption that there are whoever's verse or is actually just a bottom. There's just a lot of assumptions in our community and on the apps and everything like that, that I think gives the idea that there are way more bottoms and tops. But research has shown that actually 50% of people identify as versatile and the other half are equally composed of tops and bottoms. But of that half that perf- that is versatile, they prefer bottoming. So I guess it statistically is true, but it's not near as vast as people are making it sound. Like they're like, there's like one top at this party. Like I was li- li- uh, reading tweets from this weekend and someone was like, there is not one top at this party. We're all bottoms. Where are the tops? And it's like, come on. I'm sure there's more than one top at that party. Right? <laughs> yeah. And this is so interesting. Thanks for sharing some stats around this too, because I wonder if there if there was less stereotypes around bottoming, if there was more information about anal anatomy and anal pleasure that was actually, you know, useful if more people would would explore receiving. And not that that you have to explore receiving, but that sometimes I think that a lot of these barriers are shaped by these socio-cultural kind of norms Mm -hmm. and that you think it's going to hurt. You think you're going to be feminine. You think you're going to lose part of like your sexual expression by occupying a receiving role. Do you think that's, that exists for people? Like people don't want to bottom because they think it might say something about them. Oh, 100%. Like that's spot on. Like, I don't even know if much else needs to be added to that because it truly is. It's toxic masculinity. Like a lot of the time, you know, some people do it, they've tried it and they hate it. So they're like, you know what? I don't ever want to do this again. I'm a total top. That's what we call people who only top. So they're like, uh, but I did, uh, I know I'm going to keep saying this, but I wrote an article on total tops. (laughs) 
it was toxic masculinity that is kind of the biggest culprit for that because they're either yeah they don't want to be perceived a certain way and i remember my first ever boyfriend when i came out of the closet was a total top and you know he just had all the traditional um trimmings of toxic masculinity you know like had to pay for every date had to fix everything had to you know and i couldn't even help and it was like had to lift heavier than me at the gym had this almost fake deep voice mm. that was very gruff and like growled during sex. It was just very much just like, I have to be as masculine as possible and anything in my butt is like not going to happen, you know? So it's, right, just, right. yeah. So I think that he was kind of that prime example that actually inspired the article. And I was like, I wonder if like he would actually want something up his ass. He's just too afraid to admit it, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and feeling really limited by, like you said, like so much of the porn is like this big gruff daddy, you know, like giving it really hard to like a smooth skin, younger looking yes. kind of dude. And and that that also limits our, our fantasies and uh, as a outside of the possible range of sensation that's actually there. We're just actually limiting because we're like, oh, I can't see myself in this fantasy or I'm not into this thing. Yeah. And I, I wish we could normalize strap on play for people who have factory installed penises. Like I wish that this was just a thing that cuz of so many of the issues that you mentioned around erectile dysfunction, size, you could give it to someone up the butt with a tentacle if you would normalize <laughs> strap on play. Yeah. That, that would be amazing. Yeah. And then there's like, you know, there's also penis extenders if you're afraid of your size like yeah. you can you know, it still feels good. It's just a little less, you know, sensitive, but there's so many options that I just don't think people know about. And yeah. haven't done the, you know, hopefully listening to this, they'll know now, but you know, it's just yeah. information needs to be out there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And especially because, you know, we've got a, an episode in, in the new year coming up around um, queering sex ed to include anal pleasure. Yeah. And, and I think like, yeah, we don't get any booty pleasure in for, I mean, I went to Catholic school, so I learned like literally just how to get pregnant, but we, <laughs> we, don't, we don't like have any information around anal pleasure. And that's not assuming all queer people want to, to have anal pleasure, but mm -hmm. you know, even if we're not having it, we may have partners later in life that, that want to have anal pleasure. We may just want to learn about this erogenous zone. And there's so much that's missing for that, especially for gay men. And, and it's just not, it's just the reliance on porn and word of mouth. Right. And there's also like a fear of accessing that information. Like I've had people right. reach out on my DMs and being like, you know, I'm scared to even Google this stuff. So I'm glad that I can follow you and just scroll through it because, you know, they might live in a country where it's illegal, you know, yeah. and it's like, there's like a genuine fear. And I've had more than I would like to, you know, like there's more people than I would like to know actually deal with this. And it's just like, it's so sad because yeah. you could tell like how much they really appreciate this information. And I'm like, this is why I do what I do. Ultimately, yes. you know, this is it. Those comments mean the world to me. So. Oh, that's so great that, that you're able to like give them that information, but also that, Hey, it's okay. I get it. You know, this is, right. this is this like affirmation and acceptance so that they don't have to live with lack of information and shame on, right. on top of that. Yeah. And I think that that's part that appeals um, to my audience is that they know that I struggled as well, you know, coming out at 27. So they're like, he gets the struggle. I have a lot of people who are, you know, curious or closeted and they're just like, how did you do it? You know, how did you finally muster up the strength to come out and everything? And it's just like, it just was the right time. You know, some people never find that courage and that's totally fine as well. But I knew like, it was almost like I, it, it, I was putting it off forever. I knew forever, but I put it off for so long that one day I was like, no, it has to be done. And it has to be done today. Like there's no other time, you know, like, and things happened where like my dad was like, oh, I have to go. Uh, I got a work meeting. And I was like, before you go, I need to tell you something because it needs to happen right now. So, you know, that moment comes and it, if it doesn't, that's fine too. Yeah. 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 And I think people forget that it, it, it actually takes a, a form of, of courage, but also a form of like, like self self-acceptance in that, okay, well, I'm going to put this out here and no matter what happens out here, I've got me inside and, and I'm with me. I'm not abandoning me. We've accepted this and, and let's do the next step. So yeah, I'm sure people get really affirmed by, by reaching out and, and knowing that your experience is so authentic and so out there. Yeah. I think that was a big thing that people noticed about me too, was just when I came out, I was 
so out, you know, like I came out and I was like, I'm the gayest person on earth. I'm the queerest person on earth, you know? So it was like, but honestly, I do think that me taking so long did influence that, you know, like I didn't, I always like to say I didn't come out of the closet or walk out of the closet. I like booted the door down and sprinted. I've wasted enough time in the closet, you know, like let's, let's have some fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm so happy for you. And I'm, I'm so happy that people are getting inspired by, by this journey. Um, Yeah. I find that uh, there, there's also something about um, when I started kind of even coming out, I came out of my thirties. And so to, to come out in my thirties was also really, I had a 10 year long monogamous marriage to um, a cis man. And, you know, it was it was interesting to try and also explore my sexuality outside of those norms. And yes. so what, what we inherited in heterosexual norms and how we take it into our, our like queering our sex. I mean, I think everybody should be queering their sex, whether you're Absolutely. queer or not, right? You agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, what did queering your sex look like? Like how did how did that kind of show up for you? So I honestly I would have to say everything of my sex life changed. 100% since I came out, like sex used to be something that I was just like, okay, it's something you do weekly. Like you schedule a time. It was very, just like, it was very, it was the least sexy thing ever, you know? Ever. Yeah. And now I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Just sex is at my fingertip. Truly. It's on the apps. So like, yeah. You know, and yeah. I live two doors down. Bobby is simultaneously on Grinder while recording this interview. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm messaging someone my whole pics, right? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a folder called whole picks I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay well that'll be in a special access on yeah patreon oh that's so awesome okay i have two more questions about things that i've heard about yeah. gay culture or like anal and gay culture um so what is what is breeding like when because i looked at breeding porn mm-hmm. and <laughs> I was like, okay, I kind of get it. I get the idea of um, feeling like you're you're doing this also hyper-masculine virility totally. kind of thing, right? Okay, yeah. and then what's it like, what's it for the bottom? So, it, yeah, it? breeding is very popular. I would argue that 90% of gay men prefer breeding and bareback sex where there's no condom or anything like that. Okay. Um, and as long as you're both on prep and like you're aware of the STI risks, you know what? Go ahead, have some fun. But um, right. yeah, there's something I noticed. Tops absolutely love when a bottom and, bot- and bottoms like this for the same reason. Just like having their come inside of you, and it's just like it's like you're inside them. Do you know what I mean? Like there's right. something so sexy about someone being inside you, and um, right. almost it's almost like a lot of you use a lot of hetero terms like I'm gonna get you pregnant and stuff like that. And it's right. very much like, uh, I'll keep your load in me all day long. And like, oh, I'll, I won't let it go. And it's just like, I'm with you all day because you can't, you just love my cock so much. You know, it's oh, very much yeah. that. Like, it's like, and it is hot. You know what? It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to, I enjoyed our experience so much that I'm going to carry your load with me the rest of the day. You know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Thanks for breaking that down. Like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds very, also like there's a primal, like, like attraction I think to it. That's what it is. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. It's very much like, you know, as much as we are queer people, there is still that um attachment to the heterosexual society where it's like, oh, well, you're gonna get me pregnant, even though, you know, it might not be possible for two cis hetero men. I mean, yeah, cis men. So it's just yeah. like that that idea is still very hot. It's very fantasy, you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah. fantasy. Are there other kind of fantasies that you think are really popular or prevalent? Well, I know you mentioned it um, earlier, but well, not in this podcast, but we talked about it earlier is bussy, like the word bussy. Oh, yes. yes yeah. Yes. So that stands for boy pussy. That's like a portmanteau okay. of the two words. And okay. it's, it's, it, again, it's this feminization of the male body and it's this breeding component. It's like, I've got this boy pussy ready for you to impregnate and it's just like fuck it's like i think there's also this size comparison as well where like you know butts are usually you know tighter than a vulva so like it's like no i want you to bust it open you know and like turn it into a pussy you know and then there's also a new um this is kind of coming around recently at least in my knowledge on twitter and stuff because gay twitter is its own space it is a very lively one 
it's just it's toxic, but it's just as fun as it is. It's toxic. It's it's very confusing as long as you navigate it with your head on right, you're good. But uh, thrussy, T H R U S S Y. It's like treating your throat like a pussy. So you just like if you can deep throat and like you know just fuck the throat without any teeth or anything getting in the way. Very wow. that yeah. is clever. Yeah, right. You know, if queers are every, the, we are very clever. We're a very clever people. Yeah. Aren't we? yeah, yeah. And and I like that. You know, we we talked about how the feminization can come from this like toxic masculinity place, and then in in some of these examples, it also sounds like it can be really gender expansive and and just gender exploratory. Like, what mm-hmm. does it feel to to take on these attributes that are traditionally for cis women in in heteronormative kind of situations? situations but what about like the only it's only patriarchy that said it has to be for cis women in these situations right it could be for anybody anybody can have whatever fantasy they want and channel their or use their body in in whatever way that that they feel is affirming for their pleasure right and like actually bussy like as popular as it is i've personally never used it in like a sexual context it's mostly like if i'm tweeting something or i'm trying to be funny um but I know people have used it and I know that it's very polarizing with some people because, okay. you know, some queer men are like, no, I don't like vaginas. I don't want you to reference that. Do you know what right. I mean? But then again, the reasons we were talking about why it's a turn on is the other. So it's like, it's something that I wouldn't recommend just throwing out there in like a spontaneous sexual moment because it could yeah. take someone out of it. It could be opposite. You know, it's just something that maybe you play around with because I know that I personally have not the best relationship with the F word in bed. Okay. So like the slur for gay men. Um, And some people it's like the hottest thing ever, you know, you hear that word and you're like, Oh yeah. Just like, you know, it's, it does, it can be, that's very polarizing for me and it could take me right out of a sexual experience. Yes. Yes. Cause it's traumatic. I'm so glad that that you brought that up. I my best friend is a gay man, and um, sometimes we have what we call like kind of platonic platonic threesomes together. Mm-hmm. So we'll find a bisexual submissive, and we'll both dom him. Oh, okay. And um and so and he really likes using um the f word as a a, a term of empowerment. He's like yes, right. it's like f word dominant, and I'm like gonna like you know do whatever to the submissive. And so it's really interesting to see how um like we have to do so much checking. And we, you know, we're both, we're like the best people you can meet off of Reddit, you know, and And to, to just see like the range that's out there, but also that so many people have never thought about what they like. They've never thought about what their boundaries are. And so the question, you know, like, what do you like? What are you into? Becomes really intimidating. So what advice would you give for, for someone, especially for a bottom or, or someone who's interested in exploring bottoming? Like, what kinds of things should they be thinking about so that they meet like-minded partners so that they have the kind of sex that they want? Yeah, so honestly, I am truly, it's just the way I have sex too, is I always want to be, I think the most important thing as a bottom is to be comfortable with the person you're having sex with. That's the number one, because you need to relax to have enjoyable anal, receptive anal sex. So I always, you know, most gay men find their sexual partners on the apps. So I generally recommend you read their profile. You know, if it says like, you know, let's go for a drink first, that usually means they want to get to know you, which is a plus. Um, if you're looking to be comfortable, that is, you know, some people just want to wham, bam and go for it. You know what? That's amazing. You'll definitely find it. But, um, I do think like the more they want, they're willing to talk before a sexual experience. Cause some people are like, I don't want any time wasters, you know? So like, I just, I find that you get a vibe for the person you flat out ask them, you know, gay men are very used to asking, what are you into and setting boundaries before sex? It's very common. You usually do that on the app before you even meet in person. So I think you just generally get a feel for the person. And you know what? Like I, when I first came out, I found that if they were willing to take me on a date beforehand and like, I mean, a date as in a drink. Yeah. That's all it has to be. I want to get a vibe check from you. Are you a nice person? You know, do you want to cuddle afterwards? I want all of those things, you know? So I think it's definitely something like that. I don't think you should ever, 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 no matter how hot they are, give in to somebody who wants something you're uncomfortable with. And I know it's very appealing. You know, it's like, oh, they're so hot. I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. But it's truly, at least in my experiences, not the greatest. You know, you end up regretting it afterward 
if you go for something that like you're not 100% comfortable with and your ass reacts to your body. So if you're not comfortable, your ass is going to be tighter. You know, you won't fit anything in there comfortably. Yeah. 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 That is such sound advice because I think there is this pressure. There's so much pressure to just um, emotionally barter for like this, you know, yes. kind of physical, like, right. We're like, okay, but like, if I'm just, if I don't have any needs and if I don't do anything to mess up this super hot person you know, the super hot person fucking us is not even about the pleasure. It's about like, Oh, what does this say about me? It says I'm attractive. It yes. validates my attractiveness. And, and I think it's, that's so dangerous. And I've been in that, that too. Mm-hmm. I've been trading myself thousands of times because someone I thought they were hotter or I was in a position of desperation or or I was intimidated I I was just like well if I say this they're gonna leave or they did get angry and then I complied so you know we we know that there there's all of these challenges but I feel like people who are just getting into this like they it's so it's so rampant that it feels normalized so you're challenging that I love that yeah thank you yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's something I, I do know that my um, sexual proclivities probably do differ from a lot of people. And I think that that's a good thing. Like, I'm glad that they do because the people who do see themselves in me, I'm kind of trying to be that voice for them to be like, don't like, I want to be felt like, even if you don't love me, which you probably don't, pretend you do for these moments. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. be tender until I don't want you to be tender anymore. Cuddle me afterwards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm just yeah. a teddy bear. That's all I really am. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a slut cuddle. Yeah. I don't care if it's like 10 minutes. I don't care if it's one night or 10,000 nights. Like I want to experience like yes. that, that deep sinking in, feeling comfortable. And, and that's what I give people. So it's, it, it didn't used to be a turnoff for me. And now it is now I'm like, you're just showing up with like nothing to offer. Like, like exactly. you can't come to a goddess, like empty handed. So you gotta, you gotta figure out. Like, Amen no. to that one. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. I feel like we're in the same boat here. So like when you host, do you yeah. kind of like you host, like I'm fully hosting, like oh. you're coming over. <laughs> I'll give you a drink, a joint, whatever yes. you want. Um, I've yes. got my couch set up because it's a pullout. I've got pillows if you want to cuddle and watch a movie. Yeah. I've got a yeah. candle lit. I've got food in the fridge if you want to eat afterwards. You know what? It's like oh, yeah. I'm yes. offering a service here because that's yeah. ultimately what I would want, you know? Yes. Yes. And, and I think people, okay, first of all, that's, that's like top level, like hosting right there. Like we, <laughs> yeah. We can swap hosting pictures, like send me yes. some scenes. <laughs> but I think that that there's just been this um, normalized, dominant assumption that casual sex means you get to treat people casually. And if you want that 10 minute hookup, even if you want, you know, just to get off there, there should be uh, some, some understanding or some awareness of that. Cause I think a lot of times we go into it being like, I'm cool with this. I'm cool with this. I'm cool. But we're, we're not, we actually come out feeling maybe we released something, but we didn't get nourished and I want to be nourished or else I'm just going to do it myself. I don't have to have small talk. I don't have to change my sheets. You know, so there's there's benefits there, right? Yeah, Yeah. no, I totally. And I think nourished is, is a, fantastic term for that because you know what like a sexual experience where like you do get off it's like eating junk food it's like yeah that was fun but i'm really not reaping anything from it you know like it's like instead of i love that word i'm absolutely i love that that's perfect that's exactly how it is and i do know that some people do want you know we all crave junk food sometimes so you know what go for it if that's your thing if that's what you're craving go for it i'm just speaking you know we're speaking from our own personal experiences Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Whatever feels good for you. And it's yeah. like having, I hope this conversation is inspiring people to like check in with themselves. And yeah. Like, yeah. Is this what I want? Yeah. Totally. And what do you find um, like with, with tops is, are there things that you wish tops knew? <laughs> like we were going to do an episode about like tips for tops. And I was like, but do tops care? You know, <laughs> like, uh, I've got a full, I've got it written out because this was like my favorite question of the bunch. Okay. You know what? Okay. I think that, um, so I spoke to an expert one time, a butt expert, um, Dr. Evan Goldstein, we all know. Oh, yes. And he said, he totally like point blank said, there are tons of terrible tops out there. A lot of the time, the bottom thinks that they're the issue, but it's the top that's just 
not checking in with the bottom and, you know, what, doing their own thing. So here is what, Luna, here is what I would like all tops to know. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm so ready. <laughs> right. So I think they need to prioritize the bottom's comfort over their own ego. That's number one. Mm. And I'm not saying that all tops are conceited. I'm saying that all of us have the idea that we need to fuck like porn stars. And part of that meet like, and I think that that's like, like what we said earlier, you've got to be that dom top daddy who just fucks like a fuck machine. And I think masculinity, as we've mentioned before, plays a huge role in this. Um, I think to check in on your partner shows compassion, which is a inherently feminine trait. So that might, uh, you know, it's a big reason why tops mightn't take as much caution as they would because they're like, you know, they might think the bottom expects them to be this big macho top who's, you know, it's like, what are you checking in on me? Just fuck me. But it's like, no. I want you to check in on me because, you know, things get painful or uncomfortable. So, um, and oh, the biggest thing I found, at least in my experiences, is that the very beginning, you need to help the bottom relax. It's just, it's not going to be, it's not like we're not ready to go. Not all of us have dilated prior or like have lubed up prior. You need to, you know, do kiss, heavy makeouts, nipple play, um, rimming. Even rubbing the hole helps. You don't have to finger it. Rubbing helps. It just, you know, gets us ready for what's about to happen. And, you know, it, it, the nerve endings get stimulated in a way that's not just all at once. And I find that a lot of tops think that once they go into the external sphincter that they're in and then they can just start ramming. But there's the internal sphincter as well, which is a few short inches away. And that's the one that's more painful. So once you hit that second sphincter once you're in stop and honestly check in with your partner almost every inch you go in and be like are you okay are you still okay because it can take like a full minute for that muscle to relax with the dick in it or a toy or anything so i just think that and you know you can once a hole loosens up or the sphincters loosen up you can feel it if you can feel it relax and then that's when you can start kind of penetrating and going in and out and going a little quicker and you know that's when you can kind of get the show on the road but just really go slow at the beginning you know it's like an appetizer you know and then dinner's the full-on pounding you know go ahead so but i just i do find that in the beginning it's very much like if you just have someone that just slides right in that's when you get that temperature spike drop and you go like sweating all of a sudden and it's just like it takes you out and it takes you almost it takes you minutes to even get comfortable again yeah. If you ever do. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Shock yeah. to the body. If you're loving the idea of getting your booty ready in anticipation of a play date, you could go with anal masturbation beforehand or putting in a small butt plug like the snug plug that Bobby and I love while you're getting ready. But if you want to open up that booty when your date comes over or as part of your partnered sex, I recommend using the novice plug. So the novice plug is still a good beginner friendly butt plug because it's got a compact size and a friendly shape and it's got a powerful motor located inside the tip. So it's great for holding against the opening of the anus to delight all of those little nerve endings that are there. And when it makes its way inside, you can hand over control of the vibration to your partner with the wireless remote control. So the pleasure possibilities are actually endless for doing anal training or anal play, even when your partner is already there. So whether you're solo pleasuring or partner pleasuring with the novice plug, head over to bvibe.com to learn more about it. And you can use code BOTTOMSUP, B-O-T-T-O-M-S-U-P, to get 25% off of all Bvibe products until December 29th, 2021. Those are fantastic tips. Did you did you get through them or did I did I interrupt you? I know okay. the biggest one was that beginning stage because I found in my experiences it's been the beginning and I had sex with one person who's a sex worker friend of mine and he just knew exactly what to do. He he coached me throughout this entire thing and I was like and he was well endowed and it was the most comfortable I've ever been, no discomfort whatsoever and I was like, "Wow, that's how it's done." You know what I mean? Like I've had a yes. lot of bad experiences and like that was incredible. Also, I don't know how, if this works for everyone, but for me personally, if I get my toes licked, I open right up. I don't know what it is. Maybe I have something with my feet 
that just helps Maybe. me relax. But okay. yeah, that would make sense. I mean, there's lots of nerve endings there. And so yeah. it's almost a distraction from, I from think your that's exactly illness. what it is. And I think it's hot watching someone with your feet in their mouth. Like, Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a great move. Okay. Mm. If anyone tries this, please tell us, I'm going to try this. Yeah. Cause <laughs> that sounds, I'm going to try it both ways. That sounds <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I'm just greedy. So we'll do both. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are fantastic tips. Cause I, I think there's, the, the stuff that you said around anal anatomy and like understanding like the second sphincter and what that feels like. Like I, yeah. Cause I think most of the times when I've been receiving, whether it's been a strap on or a penis, it, it, it's, it's really about they poke, poke, shove it in. Right. Like, yeah. it, like and I'm like, who taught them this rhythm? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it truly is. It's like, you've got to, and I find that missionary is a great spot to start in because you can read their facial reactions. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, if they're, they're going to wince if they're uncomfortable, you yes. know? So like yeah. there's going, I, and I also like nonverbal communication tops, yes. please. If you've noticed their body's a little tense or they make like a uh, kind of noise or anything, that's just like slow your roll, you know, or like yes. check in, ask them, you know? Yes. And I also think a good idea for a bottom two is if, you know, the top isn't reading the signs, Take matters into your own terms. You can say something, but if you're uncomfortable, which I understand a lot of people are uncomfortable to kind of voice their opinions, I'm always an advocate for that. But another solution you can do is just take matters into your own hands, pull out and start giving them oral or jerking them off other things, you know, to get that, get your, uh, your discomfort yeah. off the table and do something else to, you know, to still pleasure them, but be like, okay, I need a minute, you know, let's, let me do something else. That's a fantastic strategy because I was about to ask you about like when if tops lose their erections and like what else what can they do because I think a lot of times painful anal for me in receiving has happened when someone's like getting soft because they can't get it in and then they still keep trying to push in with a soft penis and I was like this is not this is not good just nope. let's just shut everything down and like do something else <laughs> but but I think there's this pressure like you're saying around like oh like this is this is just what it's like and or I have to do this or else I'm not good at the sex right no and you know what i have had so many uh experiences exactly like you just said and i think that that's another thing too you know and they'll apologize if they're you know they don't you know i know i think it's there's just so much shame around sex no matter what position you're in and i think that it just it makes us all once we're able to overcome it like let me tell you something if someone can't stay hard i've never once made them feel like I'm disappointed yeah. because I'm not, I don't care. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I can still have fun. Just like, you know what? A sexual experience, just cause you don't orgasm doesn't mean it wasn't fantastic. You know, just cause I'm not erect doesn't mean I'm not having fun. So I get if you're still having fun, but you're not hard and I'm not going to take it personally. You know, that's yes. it. We're all, we all take everything so personally. Absolutely. And yeah. I think if you're a top and you know this happens, just let your bottom know like, hey, you know what? I might go a little bit soft, but I'm still loving this. So don't worry about me. And and you can see the 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 empathy opportunities that are possible when we just like own whatever we're shy about rather than pretending that, you know, we're the most confident person in the world. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because I'm a cancer, but like if you're being vulnerable <laughs> with me, I am like hell yeah i will eat that right up you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meat on. <laughs> yeah. okay perfect put that is that on your grinder profile that you're a cancer <laughs> um honestly i'm you know what it's funny because i put on twitter the other day i was like oh, a while ago i said what sign do you think i am and there was like 90 percent of the vote was cancer i was like i <laughs> do give off that sensitive indoorsy energy don't i <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> the <accurate>. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I have a cancer. I think my cancer is rising, but I'm I'm a Capricorn sun. Oh yes. <laughs> anyway, so you get it. You have to get it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I have so many feels all the time. God. <laughs> Too many. No, yeah. And honestly, full disclosure, I have a beer in this. Okay. <laughs> but it's because I'm feeling too many things in the moment. I'm getting over a breakup, everyone. So Yes. Yeah. So you're allowed this beer in the afternoon. Yes. This is when and I connected. We actually um spoke about my breakup over a president. So it was it was honestly I had the best time meeting you. Honestly. <laughs> we were like kindred spirits, I felt like right away. We were drawn to each other. Me too, because yeah. I was like, 
I, I, I felt this because my maybe it was my cancer coming out because I felt like, oh, my gosh, like this person felt safe to like tell me about their breakup. Like they're yeah. they're in this vulnerable space and they felt like safe to do that. And I was so happy because I was like, oh, yeah, let, let me love this up because yes. like, I totally you gave me the best advice ever. You went with your experiences and I was like. I love these feelings. <laughs> I know so much. Yeah, we'll have so this will this will continue. So Absolutely. we'll have like more. Yeah. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to to ask you in in this is making me think about some kind of preparation things mm-hmm. because I I often I'd say I'd say about seventy percent of the time I'm giving anal and so. Okay. If then, if I want to receive, I forget that like I have to restart my butt because I, I tend not to play with it. Um, and I'm a lazy masturbator, even though I give lots of tips for mixing up your masturbation. Mm-hmm. But like I have, you know, I I don't necessarily always like explore and have a butt date with Absolutely. myself, and so. You know, I think like before anal play, one of the things I like to do is like I'll put in a smaller butt plug while I'm doing my hair or like my makeup and like like ones like the snug plug that's got the flexible mm-hmm. neck and like the rounded thing. base. Yeah, me too, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's good because it's not intimidating. It's like the size of a thumb. Yes. And so it doesn't feel like I'm stretched because I used to put bigger plugs in before a date and then my tissue would be sore by time like the date happened. So what do you what do you recommend in terms of like prepping? So first of all, what you just said is perfect. I'm totally the same way. If I'm about to okay. have sex, I use a smaller plug to start because like you said, I will be too sensitive if I use something a little more ambitious. Yeah. So yeah. I always go by the three D's. I, it's diet, douching, and dilate. Those are the three prior to, but douching is not necessary. Let me say that so much. But like, you know what, if you, you know, also I'm a bottom who's like, I'm not going to sacrifice my food and my enjoyment from food for a dick any day. Absolutely not. So I, I do do fiber. That is something I stick with. I do fiber supplements every day and that seems to do the trick. But if you don't want to douche, really, all you have to do is go to the washroom, say an hour before a, at least an hour before a hookup and then rinse out in the shower, you know, maybe put a finger up there and feel around for any remnants and you'll be good to go more or less, unless the person's got like a giant cock that'll hit your um, sigmoid colon, but more often than not, that's not the case. Um, And honestly, yeah, like you said, a little butt plug, you know, that's even going above and beyond to like dilate prior. Um, if the top is, you know, they're going to give you time to relax, you know, you might not need that step, but to be extra cautious. Yeah. Um, dilate beforehand. And also if you do dilate, you can also, you kind of pre-lube the area with the lube that's going to be on the butt plug, which I always enjoy, but something that I always advocate, I'm an advocate for that. I don't hear too often are lube injectors. Mm, yeah. It's fantastic. It's like, it's listen, brilliant. yeah. Like our butts don't lubricate you know, like the vulva does or anything like that. So let's do it ourselves. So, because you know, the penis isn't only coming in, ta- in touch with like our hole, it's going inside. Right. So I want that yeah. whole area lubricated because like you said, you know, the tissue can get injured or, you know, inflamed or anything like that. So let's just stop that now. And, you know, I've, I've recently uh, written, at least on Twitter, um, people who think like tops who get disappointed that there's too much lube that they lose sensation. And I'm like, listen, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It's, this isn't about you. <laughs> you know, it's like if, if whatever makes the bottom comfortable, that's all that matters until, you know, yeah. yeah they're like, I lose too much sensation. I want to go in dry with spit. And I'm like, absolutely not. Sir. then you need to retrain your penis like you gotta, <laughs> like that is a you and your penis problem absolutely yeah wow yeah wow okay i didn't know that was that was like a uh, well it makes sense i mean every time i teach at a bachelorette party nobody's heard of lube and, <laughs> and like people are you know having all they're like wait so he just spits on it and then pushes it and i was like no 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 no, no. and um, the thing I love teaching them is how to beg with your butt. And so like telling your partner, like ahead of time, like, Hey, I want to control the depth of, of penetration. So we can just see like, you know, what mood my, my butt is in. Do you, do you find that you like that? Like controlling the depth of penetration or taking turns, like controlling it. Cause I like bouncing back and I like when someone bounces back on, yeah. on me, especially for prostate play, because I'm often feeling around like, I don't, you know, I'm like, it might be here. It might be here. So I'm like, rub your butt while my fingers are in you and then right. you find it. 
right? Yeah, like, yeah. Totally. Because truly, you know, as there are rough estimates of where our anatomy is, every body is different. And it is kind of our job in a sense to take charge of our own pleasure and orgasm, you know, like, yeah. and I, I am like, it's like, if you're finding that spot and you, it's hitting for you, like I find pleasure in other people's pleasure. And I hope most people do, but yeah. um, I like that. It's like, okay, you're, you're doing this yourself. It's, I don't take it as like, oh, you're not hitting it properly. I'm saying it as like, yeah, you fucking take charge, you know, like yes. absolutely. Yeah. And I do the yes. same thing, you know? And like, another thing too, is like, if you're hitting that spot for me, I can, climax in seconds right but i'm always the type to be like can i like can't do you want me to right now because i can at any moment but it's like right. how much longer do you want to go because i can wait i'm fine That's with that good communication yeah. yeah like are you close yeah like sometimes as a top i'm not sure like how much longer right you know like your yeah. boss wants this and and i know some people in- interpret communication as like taking away from feeling you know like oh like they just know what I want they're just taking it or they're like you know owning me and yeah I get that but these these I find that communication can actually punctuate a lot of those vibes you know like it can actually add to to a feeling of a power dynamic like yes telling me telling me your whole sore and you want me to use another part of your body. It's still playing into a fantasy of objectification but you're giving me communication. Yeah exactly and like saying I'm close that is, there's no part of that that does not turn me on. You know what right? I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, okay. Same. Let's, let's get into like, you know, cause I generally like to, you know, if it can happen, if we can climax it around the same time, hot, but if you can't, I'm just letting you know that I'm ready. And if you want me to, I can do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, cause sometimes yeah. it's just for the top, it's not going to happen. And they're like, right. you know, I'm not going to go ahead. You know, like they're almost yeah. relieved that you've said it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think it's very, it's all of that. I think communication, like you said, is construed to be this thing that's takes you out of the moment, but I think it can really relieve a lot of people's sexual anxieties. And I can't tell you how many people who are tops write me and they're like, I can't, you know, I have a trouble staying hard or I have trouble doing this and that. And I think that if they've ever felt comfortable saying that to somebody, yeah, it takes so much out of that. It takes so much pressure off. And maybe, you know, that won't happen because you were totally vulnerable with this person and they're totally fine with you getting soft. And then it takes the anxiety out of it. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's the social lube, you know, we didn't know we needed, right? Like, it's like, let's lube this up. I always ask people, I'm like, oh, like, what are you what are you excited about? And they're like, ah, oh, am I, you know, hold my hole or whatever. And then, you know, they'll, <laughs> I also say, okay, well, are you nervous about anything? And I actually name things. And, 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 and if they don't want to say it, I'll also say, you know, I'm kind of shy about my body. So if I, if I go quiet, maybe I'm, I need to take a break or something. And so even just like modeling that behavior can, can inspire someone to think about, oh my gosh, I've never had permission to just like, like speak up about this. Yes. And I, yeah. I you know, Sometimes I, I get a little, I don't want to be this teacher. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? In oh, the yeah. bedroom. It's like, I don't want you to think that like I'm coaching you or anything. I'm just saying, I know how people feel because they've expressed this to me. So I want yeah. to put you at a space where you are just as comfortable as I am right now. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And I hope people listening to this, like realize, like we all have this. Every Absolutely. time I have a coaching session with someone around confidence, it's, it's as if they're the only person in the world that doesn't feel confident in bed. We all don't feel confident in bed, and that's okay. That's totally yep. that's totally normal. Like, our, and it's hot. It's it's hot. And it's hot. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I know that those moments were like, you know, uh, say some guy from Grinders coming over. Those moments were like I'm kind of preparing the apartment with the candles, as we mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> nervousness is what's making the you know it, it's making me hornier than I already am. You know, it's yeah. like the anticipation and waiting and yes. yeah. It's so hot. Yeah. yeah. And then the knock on the door. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I love, I'm going to make you a booty candle. That's yeah, I would love that. <laughs> That's what you're getting. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Bobby. I, I, 
you've given us so much in this conversation that I didn't even expect. I feel like like my questions were were a good skeleton for it, but you really like fleshed out so many important pieces of information for for bottoms, but also I hope tops are listening, you know, tuning into what it's like for people that are receiving. And is, are there any last tips that you wanted to give or anything I, I didn't ask you about? Um, I would say. I just, I don't, I hope I didn't come across like against tops. It's all I want is tops are fantastic. I just wanted it to be like, who is like, I just want to give tops information as well, because I find that most of the information provided for gay men are mostly for bottoms and like the recipients. And I think that, you know what, tops are kind of left in the lurch without any kind of knowledge or how to better themselves. So I'm hoping that through this chat, they got as much out of it as bottoms do as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll do an episode for tops. I was just kidding that we're not going to do one. So they'll still have their <laughs> opportunity to like gripe about, you know, bottoms too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important to have these honest conversations and just say it like it is. Because I, right. I think there's, a, you busted a lot of, um, I think, myths that can alleviate pressure from tops who right. feel like I have to be this way or I have to do this thing or um, and information can can be so empowering for for both partners and, and really empowering bottoms with the language and the perspective of, of what tops might might be thinking or the pressures that they're under I thought yeah. everything you offered was was such a gift to us yeah thank you oh thank you I really yeah. I I always have a the best time talking with you and I hope that we can make this a real thing one day we can go out for drinks and chat about oh yeah 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 we're gonna do that we'll do that this is happening um and would you like to leave us with a booty blooper is there a funny story that you'd like to share or an awkward story um you know what my booty blooper is mostly a uh word of warning (laughs) (laughs) okay let's do it so I um I was going I went to a big, you know, sweaty man slut party one night and um Is that what it was called? It was called Boner, so it's pretty much. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. So we ended up, I ended up uh, meeting with like a friend of a friend and he was very attractive and like we were like he was like, You wanna come home with me? I was like, sure, let's do this. Um he was pierced and well endowed. So um we had we did the thing, but I was drunk and I don't think I felt as much as I could have felt. Oh, okay. And the next day, you know, I was a little sore and I was like, you know what? That happens. He was pierced. You know, maybe that happens. Turns out I had a um, fissure, oh. uh, a slight one, but um, I ended up having to get it surgical. Like I had to get surgery on it, like epidural, everything. They gave me like, oh, no. and you know what? It's just, that's just a word of caution for people to be like, you know what? Let me tell you, the recovery for that surgery is the most pain I've ever felt in my life. So if anything, let me tell you, I was like, you're you're in the bath four times a day because it hurts so much and like the hot water kind of relaxes it. So let me just be a word of caution for bottoms out there. You know, prioritize your comfort. You do not want to go through this surgery. I promise you. So just, you know... Take care of your booty hole first. And if they have, if the top has a problem with it, fuck them. Don't actually, but you know, leave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, that I felt like my own booty hole, like, like sucking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's holding on for like, like, oh my gosh. But that is such a good message to leave us with that like prioritize your pleasure and like don't break the booty hole like nothing's worth like breaking no. the booty hole to your best like take care of, of it to the best that, that you can exactly uh, bobby you're fantastic where can people find you we're gonna pop everything in the show notes but i know you've got so much going on in so many places and, and you're writing papers for people articles yeah so um well, social media, you can find me Instagram and Twitter at ByBobbyBox. I would love it if you followed me there. Um, you can find my articles. I write a monthly column called Gay Sex Ed for Grinder, which I put a lot of work into and would absolutely love if you check that out. Uh, I also have a podcast, a sex podcast called Bad in Bed with Gabrielle Cassell, who is a fellow educator, and I absolutely adore her so much. And uh, I think that's everything I want to plug on the plug. On the plug. <laughs> 
I highly recommend going to listen to Bad in Bed and also follow. I mean, your Instagram is like a constant source of information. And I, yeah, like I thought I was Bootypedia and then I came across your Instagram and I'm like, here we go. Um, so yeah, definitely follow Bobby everywhere. All that information will be in the show notes for you. Thank you so much, Bobby. I hope we can have you back again. But if not, before then, we need to hang out and talk booty stuff. Absolutely. I am. I would love to come back. So please have me on. <laughs> okay. Okay. We will. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. <sighs> so I totally feel like I just made a new butty and Bobby and I are going to have to make hanging out and talking about butt stuff. Our next social gathering. I really appreciate talking with people who have this personal journey that really connects into their professional dream of helping other people and Bobby's journey with his sexual orientation and exploring the community as well as understanding how he wants to do anal sex and how he wants to do casual sex is so valuable in this discussion around bottoming because bottoming doesn't mean that you surrender or dismiss your concerns in service of the person who's doing the giving or the penetrating or the topping. Bottoming is very much about honoring what the booty hole wants and figuring out how you can align communication in a sensual way with sexual kinkiness, whatever you want that opens up more pleasure possibilities for you. So the experience should always be co-created between the giver and the receiver. So all the bottoms out there and the people who enjoy bottoming from time to time, I hope that this episode has been rich with information to build your confidence and your comfort and your pleasure and if there's anything else you want tops to know or you've got tips for fellow bottoms or things that you wish you knew as a beginner bottom please feel free to send us a dm at the plug by b vibe on instagram or you can leave us a voice message at speakpipe.com slash the plug podcast you can leave it anonymously and some of the voice messages may be featured in a future episode of the plug so we love hearing from you and are always happy to answer your questions Go follow Bobby on IG and Twitter because you're missing out on tips to be your best bottom. Until next time, friends, stay bootyful.